You're listening to How to Sweat Less with your host, Megan Cameron, episode one. Welcome to How to Sweat Less, the podcast where we empower you with insight, inspiration, and humor on your journey to sweating less and loving yourself along the way. Welcome to the very first episode of How to Sweat Less. I am the owner of EmpoweredBySweat.com, and this podcast is for people who sweat excessively. Now, let me define it, even though I truly feel like I don't need to for the people that this affects, but let's dive into that. Excessive sweating, my definition is when you sweat so much for no reason, or you sweat so much that it bothers you. So this podcast is for people that are affected by sweat, and that could mean different things to different people, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story and what excessive sweating meant to me and how it shaped the person that I am today. So going way back, we'll start with when I hit puberty, because that's really when I felt my first change of not fitting in, we'll say. I was 13 or 14, and I remember for an entire year, I wore nothing but baggy shirts, specifically layering up with sweatshirts. So I would wear big bulky clothes and big thick tops to hide my excessive underarm sweat. Because for me, that's where I sweat the most. That's how it showed up for me. And I remember that that was just normal for me. And I would see other people, other friends wear these like super cute outfits and super bright colors. And that was something that as much as I wanted it, wasn't for me. I didn't feel like I could wear tight clothing because of my underarm sweat I couldn't wear bright colors because of my underarm sweat. And I felt embarrassed and shameful and stressed and anxious whenever I could see the sweat or I could smell the sweat or there was any indication that anybody else could see it. So that's my very first memory of my body feeling like I had no control of it. So then we fast forward to my high school days. So this is grade, I mean, it's different what you call it in different countries, but for me here in Canada, it's high school. And it was grade 11, and I had a big crush on this boy. And this memory sticks out to me the most because I wanted to hang out with him so bad. And I did everything but get close to him. And anytime that I did get close to him, I would just start pouring with sweat under my arms, like pouring. And then like I would feel uncomfortable and I would be so embarrassed and worried that he would see and notice and make fun of me. And that was the last thing that I wanted. So I avoided. I avoided people that I liked. I avoided awkward situations. I avoided putting myself into 
a situation where I would sweat even more than I normally would. So needless to say, (laughs) it was difficult for me to be in a relationship because that means I would have had to gotten close to somebody. And that also means that there was a chance then that they would have discovered my dirty little secret, which looking back on it now, I didn't realize that that's what it was to me, but that's how I thought of it. And now we'll fast forward to when I started working. I remember distinctly as a bus driver having to wear a uniform. And oddly enough, in my working years, I was really drawn to uniforms. And looking back on it now, I really believe I know the answer as to why I would do that. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But I was wearing a uniform and... For anybody who excessively sweats under the arms, who has ever seen a uniform or worn a uniform, there is not many times that it is created for a person who sweats. So the colors are not usually helpful in disguising sweat. The material is not helpful in preventing odors. And that's exactly what happened with this uniform. It was polyester, which was really not good for me in sweating and bacteria and smell. And it was bright colors. So when I sweat, like it showed, there was no hiding it. So I needed to think of something that I could do to help me feel comfortable in my work clothes and fit in. So I discovered Botox. And this was the first time that I had ever even heard of it. And I don't know how it came about. I don't remember talking to a doctor. I don't remember any of that. I just know that it was something that I had found and that my insurance at the time covered, which was amazing. So I tried it. And I had a really great experience with it. I had a person that knew what they were doing and it wasn't painful for me. And it came in a time in my life that I was ready. And I remember really distinctly the effects of that because I was going out one time in particular with a group of friends and we all were going out for Halloween and we wanted to all dress the same. And I remember the shirt that I was wearing and it was this light brown. And again, if you sweat, you know that light brown does not hide sweat in the slightest and it was tight. So I put it on and I did not excessively sweat through it. I didn't see one sweat mark the whole time. And I was able to enjoy myself somewhat, but still remember constantly worrying about whether or not I was going to sweat through it. So to help me kind of not pay attention to whether or not I was going to sweat through it. Even though I wasn't, because of the Botox, my mind was still a person who sweat excessively. So I did something to help me forget, and that was I would drink. I drank so that I couldn't feel uncomfortable anymore, and I drank to fit in and all of these things, even though at the time I wasn't really a big drinker. But that's the only thing that I knew that I could do at the time to make myself feel okay and comfortable. So now we fast forward on to 
a few years later where I am again in a job where I'm wearing a uniform and the uniform is not made for people who sweat excessively. And I've spent 13 years in this job, but I managed to make it work because, you know, when you sweat, what do you do, right? You either stay at home and don't do anything or you pretend like it's not there and you manage to cope. And that's what I did. I managed to cope. And I would go to work every day and I would bring several different shirts, a whole bunch of different sweaters, and I would just manage the sweat. And I know that I could have probably done different ways of coping, but I just did the best that I could at the time. And I remember in particular, again, one situation where I was doing a presentation in front of all of my coworkers. And to prepare for it, I had practiced my speech over and over again. And I brought several different clothes to change into in case I got super sweaty. And I got up in front of everybody and I like went blank. I couldn't remember a darn thing that I had practiced. I was so focused on me and somebody noticing how much I sweat that I kind of just froze. So luckily I had my paper in front of me and I just read from that paper and kind of just, for lack of better words, like if you're a person who is super afraid of public speaking, then you can kind of understand maybe a little bit of what was going on with me. It was like I had this out of body experience and I couldn't focus and I couldn't concentrate because I was so worried about people seeing me sweat. That's really what happened. So I got through the presentation, but I didn't enjoy a single bit of it. And I ended up changing my clothes after because the sweat was horrific. And I was embarrassed and I was ashamed and I was mad at myself and I was self-loathing, like all of the things that we tell ourselves and that we think and the emotions that come along with that. That's what was going on with me, all because I thought, you know, of this sweating condition. So 13 years of going to the same job, doing the same thing, and worrying about sweat, but doing it anyway. It's just what I did. It's what I knew to do. It's how I made it through. It's just what I did. But never really ever excelling, never excelling in anything. And I played a lot of sports growing up, and I believe that playing sports was really my outlet. And it was my outlet because it was the one place that if I sweat a lot, it didn't matter because that's where it was socially acceptable to sweat. It was quite fascinating because, you know, if I sweat playing sports, it's like, oh, well, you're just sweating because you're exercising. And that was just normal. That was okay even though I would do it a lot more than other people, it was just socially acceptable, especially for a girl. Like if you sweat playing sports, that's semi-acceptable. But if, heaven forbid, you show that you sweat any other time than that, and watch out, at least in my mind, that's what I thought. And also socially, right? In the way that things are in the world, it was not okay to be a woman who sweat. And I know that it's the same for men as well, that it's just as difficult, 
but there's something different about being a woman that sweats for some reason as opposed to men. I don't quite understand it, but society, right? So I had an opportunity to retire early from the job that I was in for 13 years. And this is really when things changed for me. I retired and I needed to figure out what the heck I was going to do with my life. And that's when I learned about myself because it really gave me the opportunity to do it because, well, it was now or never, right? And I realized that I could help people just like me who sweat excessively. And so I dove into learning about sweat glands, learning about why I sweat, learning about a sweating condition called hyperhidrosis, reaching out to the International Hyperhidrosis Society, and building a community on Facebook, building a community on social media, and around me of people who sweat excessively like I did. And this was about two years ago when I started EmpoweredBySweat.com. And it changed my life. And it changed my life because I realized that community was so important. Feeling like you belong and that you weren't alone made all the difference for me. That's really what started everything. And I remember I went to an International Hyperhidrosis Society conference and I was super sweaty because I had walked in this heat. And I just am a sweaty person. And I went into the bathroom and I looked myself in the mirror and I wiped my face down. And I just remember thinking, okay, here we go. You don't know anybody, but you're just going to go out there and you're going to do it. You're going to socialize and do your best to be okay. And I went out and the first thing that I saw was this sign that they had put up. And I can't remember exactly what the words were, but I remember the feeling. I remember this feeling of being like, finally, I found a place where I belong. And this sign said along the lines of, we don't need to shake hands. A fist bump is fine because I get you. And I'm like, wow, this is why community is important. This is why I am creating what I'm creating, why I'm creating community, why I'm creating coaching, why I'm creating clothing, why I'm doing what I'm doing. This is why. Because this feeling I get or I got when I was included felt like I wasn't alone. It was really amazing. And so it really stuck out in my mind. And really that pushed me to keep going. And I learned a lot from the people in this International Hyperhidrosis Society because, I mean, they are dedicated to helping people who sweat excessively. And if you haven't had a chance to look it up, it's sweathelp.org. And it's all about researching the medical condition, hyperhidrosis. And fast forward to a little bit further ahead, I got Botox again. And this time it had the same effect, but lasted a little bit longer. And I realized that no matter what physically I did to help me with my excessive sweating, in my mind, I was still a person who excessively sweat. 
it still controlled me. It still ran my life. I still had all of the shame, all of the embarrassment, all of the social anxiety that I had growing up. Like it was still all there. And even though for the period that I had the Botox, the sweat stopped, well, the excessive sweat stopped because I still sweat like I was supposed to, right? Like a normal person. But I didn't get to enjoy the feeling of sweating less because in my mind, I still sweat too much. So that's when I discovered the Life Coach School and Brooke Castillo and learning all about the power of our thoughts and our feelings and the role that that plays in the results that we get in our lives. And that's when I decided that not only did you have to deal with the practical solutions and treatments for excessive sweating, but I also had to deal with the mental aspects that came along with being a person who excessively sweat. Because there's so much self-loathing and worthiness and shame and embarrassment that comes along with it, that even if you physically treat it, you still have to work on the internal part of it. And that's why I became a life coach. And I am still to this day and will always be working on myself. But now I have the tools that I need to do it and the tools that I need to do to help others with not only the practical part of sweating and the physical part of sweating, but the mental part that comes along with it. So that's my story. That's what brought about this podcast, How to Sweat Less. And really, we're going to dig deep into what causes us to sweat more, why we sweat the way we sweat, how it affects us, mind, body, and spirit, how it affects our nervous system and our relationships, our relationships with ourselves and with others, and really all of it. This podcast is going to talk about how we sweat less, but also how we love ourselves along the way. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback helps us improve and reach more people who can benefit from our content.